0: live from 50th and Capitol Avenue in the Big O this is mornings with sharp and Handley on 1620 the zone 1620 thezone.com and 1620 the zone TV now here's Gary Nick and Jimmy I
1: was on the sharp house Sunday night oh yeah how do a lot more people in that house than uh, I remember, but that's okay. Oh, no, you just press play on the thing and you get the sound, so you don't have to uh, deal with the people, but you get the no, ambulance.
2: No, you know what I got on the uh, press play on the uh, Super Bowl, the final play. Yeah. On, wait, it, can, it's, can I retract se- what I said yesterday no, about no, Tony? No, you got you to own it. Yeah. Uh, he s- wasn't
0: bad during the entire second.
2: broadcast, but the last play. Yeah. Second go around right. watching the final play. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like like that guy that, you know, when you, you, you tell him that you're engaged and you want to tell the story of how it happened, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, that's great, that's great. You know, uh, uh, can I uh, be in your we Or he's telling the story um, for you. But, you know, as much as we uh, talk about Tony Romo, and there were a lot of people that had <laughs> thoughts about Romo's performance from uh, Sunday night, the game is still the game. Yeah. You know, that's what I would say. Well. I would say there, there's a lot of BS that's going on in college football and a lot of BS that's going mm. on in the NFL – but when you get between the white lines, that's still perfect to some. Uh, sorry, Niner fans. <laughs> yeah. It, it. But it's still the game is still the game. And if it's a big game and it's a good game, people are going to watch and they don't care if it's me and you and Jimmy doing the game. Hey, Or, well. or Tony and, and, and Jim Nance. But how about the release yesterday of the Super Bowl television numbers? Yeah. I, I don't think it's shocking because the game went to overtime. You called it. Uh, it is a record-setting Super Bowl, 123.4 million people watched some portion Mm -hmm. of the Super Bowl. Now, what I did not know until I was looking deep into the numbers, which are just littered with NFL games and just football, football, football dominates, is did you know that the most watched television program is not MASH? It's not the Super Bowl that was played on Sunday in Vegas. It was the moon landing. Did you guys know that? I, I actually did.
0: I did not know that, but not because I watched it. When I think about it, I mean that's a pretty big deal. I mean, think about it. every everybody; their meals and everything are like you're around the television Imagine set. Tony Romo. Oh Jesus! The, the moon landing.
2: <laughs> he he <laughs> okay. would not. No, for a moment here, Jimmy. How would that sound? This is Tony Romo. I'm going I'm to give you. A, I'm going to give you a little lead up here. All right, Jim. This is Tony Romo describing. The most watched event ever, which I still am surprised by. The moon landing. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a big deal, man. Yeah, um, Landed on the moon. Tony? <laughs> you,
1: he's going to he's gonna get on the moon. <laughs> Jim, it's That's happening. Happened. Oh, my. Jim, At that Jim. Point, Jim just turns his mic off. It's like, well, there goes my moment. Take it away, Tony. Jim. What it's happened? A, it's a moon. We're on it, Jim. Do you know what the moon can do? Can we go next
2: year?
0: We're there. It's one small step for... Oh, my God, I, I, I can't even just, my mind's blown right now, Jim. Yeah. If Des would have stepped down on the moon, they would have said it's a moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> the Third process, ten. Jim.
2: But Third I think and I have, uh, so 123.4 million watched Super Bowl 58. 120 million watched it on CBS. I think also, part of it, part of it was an overtime game. There was the Niners who the faithful have a strong brand. Mm-hmm. Of course, Kansas City's looking to repeat, and people like to watch the villain. I also think there was a Vegas appeal. Oh, yeah, like there's definitely. There's something mysterious about Vegas. Think think about the success of this Super Bowl in one of the smaller stadiums. They only had 61,000 people that were there. Yeah, so it's a small stadium, room. and it was the most expensive ticket mm-hmm. at average price, 8500 So I think the Vegas appeal also helped with this Super Bowl, and now we've crossed the barrier where... Vegas is going to get a Super Bowl in every single rotation. Yes, and they which, I, which I think they should just, they should cut it down to four cities. Yeah. Okay, yep. maybe five. And Vegas should be part of it. Miami, New Orleans, Vegas, Dallas, somewhere in Southern California. That Not should it. be the rotation of the Super Bowl. Vers wants Vegas every year, by the way. Uh, I think there would be some people who would be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I was reading stories from some of the Kansas City media that were there for like nine days. Yeah. Let me look at Mahomes. Mahomes went to Disneyland with the family. Yeah. Ooh, those were some struggle interviews yesterday. Yeah. He was doing like on ESPN. The eyes one, looked a little heavy too. One, he was probably just reeking of alcohol. Yeah, even though he was not seen as much in the post party. No. Yeah, he might have went out a, to eat because he's a family man. He might have yeah, shut it down. That's right. But he was struggling to get through uh, some of those uh, interviews. So maybe every other year in Vegas. But there is, the, <laughs> I think there is the the Vegas appeal that it's like, wow, the Super Bowl is in. Vegas, mm-hmm. but 120 million watched it on CBS. Now, you guys did a nice job there with uh, Tony Romo describing <laughs> the moon landing.
1: Thank you. Caliendo's got mad and we got Romo. I I,
2: I, <laughs> I looked at the numbers and Nickelodeon did really well, Yep. Which, which is really cool that they have a Nickelodeon broadcast. Yeah. Shout out, Peppa. Wouldn't Romo be better for the <laughs> Nickelodeon broadcast? Oh, he You're would having be. Having a conversation <laughs> with Patrick and SpongeBob. Yeah, Hey, SpongeBob. I've always wanted to ask you this. Oh, my God. Like, okay, so what's the square pants? Why? Wh- wh- where did that ever come from, okay? How does
0: one get into square pants? Did you see that play right there? Oh, bye. Okay, so I got another question. Yeah, it would. I, but the only problem is SpongeBob might actually, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> He's like, nope, nope, sorry, man. You guys got to find somebody else. I can't do this. Either get rid of him or
2: I'm out of here. What do you mean now, SpongeBob wants to work with Nance? <laughs> now, asking for a friend, what would... Let's say you don't have kids, you don't have a family. What would get you to watch the Nickelodeon broadcast over the main broadcast for the Super Bowl?
0: Mm, curiosity, but it would not be for the entire No, but like,
2: like, yeah, cause I could, yeah, because I like tuned over because yeah, I wanted like. to see like a series. Yeah, and, and they do a really good job. I could see why it's appealing to the Nickelodeon audience. But yeah. as a grown adult that likes football, <laughs> I just don't know that I could watch it. And I
0: don't think they care. I think they're like that's fine. We don't need you.
2: <laughs> it's not for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you have kids, then obviously maybe they're just throwing a tantrum. You're like, all right, already, we'll turn it on. But yeah,
1: I think. Meanwhile, we grew up they, with pay attention. Madden's trying to teach you here.
0: Well, and they did first the the very first one that they did was the the Bears Saints playoff game yeah. in the COVID year, and so I, I told Jenny, I said, let's watch one quarter of it just to see. And honestly, like it went by fast, and we're like, you know what? I,
2: we went back to the regular broadcast. but like, I didn't hate it. I watched one quarter of it. I didn't hate it. It wa- was it I, was good. I watched uh, about four plays. And I was like, okay, I could see why this is appealing to younger fans. And like a family, which I, I, I'm going to push back on people that are so upset that Taylor Swift was shown and there were celebrities. It and, could have been worse. I mean, we have an obsession with, 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 you know, it's a celebrity culture. Yeah. Okay. We, we, we just do. I, I sent out a tweet on Sunday. It'd be great if they start to recognize like normal fans. Like, hey, Bob from White Bear Lake. Hey, <laughs> hey there. Harry Carey used to. There's Steve from Lubbock, and he made the trip all the way to Vegas. Um, but, you know, we're, we're caught up in the celebrity culture, and when it comes to the Super Bowl, there's a lot of celebrities there, and, you know, Nance and Romo and the pregame shows are ripping through who's there. And, yeah. By the way, Taylor Swift was shown on less than 1% of the entire broadcast. Um, and I think you judge a Super Bowl... We, we, we judge it differently because we're sports fans and that's what we do, our job and, mm-hmm. and our love. But if the Super Bowl was enjoyable without the game and you were just into everything like the commercials and the halftime, yeah. I wonder how you would grade this Super Bowl. Because I think when the NFL is looking to expand their audience, they kind of want that. They definitely want that person as well that's going to watch their sport, doesn't know their sport, but enjoys their sport, Without the football, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I think the football part of it—if you get a—this is what is kind of crazy. And Jimmy and I were actually going through this on Friday. The norm anymore in the Super Bowl, even in that really awful, atrocious Patriots Rams Super Bowl, it, the game's been close. I mean, you've had the blowout with uh, Seattle, Denver. Uh, what was, Tampa and Kansas? City yeah, Tampa, was the Kansas City one. was the other one. That might be it. But hmm. I mean, that one at least had some you know it, it had intrigue yeah. to it as well and and that remember that was the covid one too so people just they needed they needed they needed sports but really that's two examples in the last like 15 years that you've actually had a game that you got down to the final 5 minutes and it still was We grew know.
1: up with the opposite.
0: Yeah, where and so we were rattling off like late 80s early 90s there
2: was a lot of blowouts.
1: Oh yeah, and, that it used I mean, to be the that championship was the games were the better. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so and I, I think they still are.
0: I think that helps because I think that there is always a little bit of that drama there at the end, even if it's not maybe the entire game is aesthetically pleasing to the eye. The fact that it's still in doubt late in the game and you're still waiting to see if someone's going to make a mistake or someone's going to make a big play. The thing that I'm also curious about is then it goes to overtime. How many new fans, maybe they're college football fans or, you know, maybe just casual college football fans and they understand the overtime rules and that. And they're like, okay, well, so is it still? You, like mean, you mean a death? common
1: fan understands the overtime rules more than Kyle Shanahan?
0: Maybe.
2: Whoa. Yeah. I did have one
1: That's uh, kind of one person got at, a
0: big brain there. Ask
1: why we're, they weren't at the twenty five yard line to start. The yeah.
0: Right. I mean, so I do wonder, like, how much confusion no. your your common fan was like, oh, what's going on here? Hold on.
2: Really? Yeah. Have they not been watching the NFL? No. That person. No, I would love the NFL.
1: I would love college to adopt the NFL's overtime rules that they used in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind these overtime rules. It's just. I would like my coach to know them. So in defense of Kyle Shanahan, I don't know if my coach would know either. <laughs> I think Armstead and everybody else the that. Shout out that on Andy Reno. Well.
0: But yeah, the, so there was a lot of like kind of unique elements to this particular game of your casual fan of just the Super Bowl itself. It's like, yeah, okay, I, don't I had a lot why. of questions. I don't know why we
2: fight that. I, I, got these, I got these stodgy old white men that are like, <laughs> oh, I hate Taylor Swift and it's terrible for the game. You know what? How? That's because you live in a closet. Okay, And you don't pay attention to anything around you and you don't embrace the fact that the game of football is thriving and surviving because they've expanded the audience no. and they have embraced that it's more than football. I, I, I could be Mr. just sports guy and, and look in this like narrow path and go, man, I don't want to hear about any outside stuff. I just want my football. but I, I know that to grow a sport, especially on television, you've got to expand. okay you got to bring new people in, whether they be younger folk or or females, which, you know, the NFL has has a lot of female fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at they market to their female fans. Now, some of their players don't treat females very well, but the league likes to market to the females because yep. that's how you thrive and survive is you're always expanding your audience. So I push back against, again, a, these old white men that have a microphone in front of them <laughs> that say, you know what, too much Taylor Swift, it's ruining the game. Well, tell that to the guy who, along with his wife, watched the Super Bowl, or has watched a Chiefs game this year, and their daughter or their sons are more engaged in watching because of Taylor Swift. And you know what? It's a golden opportunity to teach them about the game and make fans early. I've never understood the pushback in the sport of football, which is our sport, and we love the game of football, is why we don't want new fans. I mean, what are we, soccer? <laughs> no, and I say this because yeah. I, I think the I, I think the sport with the fan base that is more welcoming than any other for the novice person is hockey.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, soccer yep. is well, one. Point. Soccer is one which it seems like it's closed off. Like uh, you, you haven't been up around soccer. Either you don't understand get it, soccer. yeah. Either get it or you, you just don't. show up during the World Cup. Yeah. Nah. Yep. Instead of going, hey, this is, it's more than the World Cup. Hey, look what we got. I, I don't understand European soccer. Okay, let me explain it to you. That's yeah. just my personal belief. I agree, I, I agree I think, with you. I think hockey is the most welcoming. Yes, Because I, agree. I also think it's a sport where the people that are in it, like the the, the players and the coaches, everybody knows you got to sell that sport mm-hmm. because in the pecking order, you're fourth. Yep. But I don't get why in football we want to close it off and not welcome new people. It is such a great sport to teach people about and to introduce them to how wonderful the game is at the college level and the NFL. And even if you don't know players, but you know maybe Mahomes and you know Taylor, so that's fine. That's fine. You're watching football. And that's at the end of the day, if I'm running a business, that's all I want. I want to bring you into the tent. I want to keep you in the tent. And I don't care if you're in the front row because you know everything or in the back row, you're all together with us. I I, I, I never got that uh, uh, reasoning on why we fight back about welcoming in new fans to the game of football.
0: We're stubborn with change. I mean, it's as simple as that. Because it, in my opinion, if you are looking at anything that is going to expand an audience, there's going to be a different way to view it. Or there's they're going to try to tweak the way that we currently view sports. Or you're going to have more options. And that's that, that is to me, is more the laughable stuff. I get it. If there's a playoff game and the only way to see it is on Peacock, so be it. But where you have these multiple platforms where you can watch it linear like the Super Bowl, but you could also watch it on these different platforms. Who cares? Like I, I, was, I was hearing, it was funny you bring up Nickelodeon because I was hearing people like, why is it necessary to be on Nickelodeon? You don't have to watch it on Nickelodeon. Yeah. It's just another avenue that presents itself. So I think the, the person in that mindset thinks that they're going to change the game to accommodate the fan that had just arrived as opposed to me, the fan who's been there for decades, that's been watching it in a certain way, has been watching and understands the game in a certain way. Now you want to maybe make some tweaks here and there the way that I can watch the game so you can bring in a new audience. How dare you? I've been giving you my money for decades. These people, you don't even know if they're going to stick around for a week. Like, this has always been my my issue with Major League Baseball, is I felt for a time now, I think it's settled down a little bit, but for a time, Rob Manfred's, I mean, he they were like the mad scientists in the lab trying to expand the brand of Major League Baseball to bring in new fans. And so you came up with like, well, we could change this rule or we could look at doing this and maybe this would be a good thing for the game to get more people excited about our product where you're sort of neglecting your core audience that's been there that as long as you keep it the way that we know it is and you don't systematically change it, they're still going to be there. Then you start feeling alienated because you're trying to reach an audience that at some point might be unreachable. Now, I understand baseball and NFL are apples and oranges when it comes to the popularity of the
2: product and who you're who you're trying to reach out to. Well, remember, though, baseball used to be at the top. Yes, it did. I mean, it was America's pastime. And that's
0: where I think it really the did NFL, piss people the NFL,
2: off. Uh, hey, seven, eight years ago, the NFL was supposed to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was so much oh, controversy, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, whether it be Colin Kaepernick yep. or – you know the the suburban mom didn't want their kids playing because there were concussions. Yep, and concussions. That's all we talked
0: about. And then even well, now you, they want you, to marry Travis. Seven Kelsey. eight years ago, you we touched, were ready to kill football. And well, you touched the, has the, never the, been the domestic bigger. violence thing. Was yeah. was it going on too? So it made it sort of unattractive. But that's the thing about it when it kind of comes down to why people want to resist the uh, the more broad audience because they feel like it's going to change the way that we're used to watching the game, or heaven forbid, it might change some again tweaking of the rules that can make it more entertaining for all well i don't like that because that has it. that's not how it's been it's i think
2: again i think it comes down to we're just stubborn for change We're well,
1: future consumers
2: that's what it's yeah, about yeah you you want to grow the sport yeah. so it's not only with eyeballs Kids. and younger fans yep. but you also want people to participate yep. okay to go and play pop Warner football or you are a a young girl and maybe that's not an option for you Look what's about to take off in you're this gonna have, country. You're going to have flag football is in the Olympics. It's flag football. Flag football is going to take yep. off in this country. Mm-hmm. So football is just like covering the entire United States, which gives you an option to watch or to play, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift actually is doing a good thing for the NFL. You You don't like Taylor Swift because you don't like the Chiefs, okay? Right. And you don't like, well, just focus on the football. Well, you know, get out of your silo, all right? Uh, Nate Dog on the stream says, I can confirm Super Bowl was amazing for me. Two daughters, 13 and nine, and they watched the game, and we went crazy when they won the game. It was an amazing experience for me, and it's due to the Taylor Swift ef- uh, effect. Thank you, Nate. Uh, texter Michael says, spot on, brother. My daughter watches every Chiefs game now with our family because of uh, Swifty, even has Swifty Kelsey sweatshirt. And yeah. that's from somebody that is in heavily involved in the football industry. That uh, has kids that play football. I mean, and, it's, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. It's great. And this was another year to grow the game and continue to grow the game. Now the next step will be, let's get people playing yeah. at, at all levels. Let's get new people involved in the game that are playing so we don't ever have to get back to this discussion of, man, those numbers are way down mm-hmm. and we might be in trouble. They might Football might die in this country. No, yeah. I think football is thriving
0: in this country. And that's the the beauty about it is it it's all it all starts from the top. There have been a lot of obstacles that the NFL has had to maneuver around. And I mean, there's been different, you know, different phases of, OK, we just and I think we hit on them. You know, you had the the safety first and foremost. That was a big part of it. You had sort of the the overall look of the league. And it, that doesn't necessarily, I think, in my opinion, maybe impact. The young kids wanting to play when it came to, you know, some of the like the domestic violence and, and things like that, that were happening. But then also when you look at controversial stances that are deemed controversial, you know, like Colin Kaepernick, those were things that maybe became an issue because they got talked about as much, but as far as the overall excitement or anticipate the participation, I should say of the game itself, you know, I, I've, I've had this conversation with my wife. Uh, I was playing football as early as eight years old. And, it, we didn't have a lot of that empirical data when it came to you know how dangerous the sport could be but what i can say and what i feel very confident having a 3 year old son that i want to play football if you know if he, if he wants to is the game has never been safer yeah, And and that's the, the other part that I think the NFL has done a, a fantastic job of promoting, and you've seen that trickle down to the college level, to the high school level, to the Pop Warner level, is everybody's taking their cue from the NFL. So with all the money that the NFL is generating, and it, it is, it's a, an absolute money-making machine, I think in the last decade they've done a good job of being able to set that tone to where the game, I think, is much more approachable. Yeah. I think the game is a lot more exciting because – there are different ways that you can be involved from your participation and I, and I think they do a great job of showcasing that too. And, I mean this even goes to beyond just playing in the game like how many young broadcasters do you see now getting these chances? Like you see all these like the night at the Super Bowl. You get a young kid reporter. Like so maybe maybe you know you're not physically involved but you can still be a part of football, have that passion. I think of what you just brought up with um, your friend's daughter. How many times during that game do you think at some point there was a question about the game itself? You know, why did they do this? Or why do they have to do this? And you get to teach that. Why does he keep screaming at me? (laughs) Who's this guy that keeps yelling and keeps saying, Jim! But you get to explain, hey, this is what they're trying to do here, or this is what mm-hmm. that means. And all of a sudden, you're teaching the game. It doesn't matter how they're drawn to it. You get a chance to explain the game, the basic rules, and all yeah. of a sudden, you know how kids are at that age, too. They're impressionable. And if they're seeing this and all the big, bright, shiny stars are there and you got a, a game that's kind of fun to watch and it's close, you uh, as a kid, you get hooked. Yeah, it's just I, something you get into. I yeah, think, we didn't have that. We had
2: 55 uh, to 10. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that I don't, I, the, the sport – the sport of football has never been better in terms of the people that are involved in it, that are actually playing the game, the competition, the X's and O's, um, the, the things you learn from being part of a team. Mm-hmm. That has never been better. And the, right now the NFL is, is thriving. And it's, I don't know that there's a ceiling for the next moment because another thing where it shows that where football is at, we came out of COVID, of people are wondering what's going to happen to live sports in terms of viewing. Yeah, it's we're, we're, we've just gone through a whole year from the NFL to college to another NFL cycle where there's just record numbers of people mm-hmm. that want to consume the product. Now, yep. there's the other part of this, and Joe is absolutely right about the game of football that draws 123 million to watch the Super Bowl and new fans from coast to coast and around the world. Football refing is dying fast, major yeah. issue at every level, and he's absolutely right. We're 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 actually kind of lucky in the state of Nebraska that. Not just football but other sports, uh involvement from men and women is up, but we're we're cross your fingers. We're still lucky here that we have not had games that have had to be moved or postponed because there's not enough officials. Hmm. That's the next step. And mm-hmm. I I don't know that there's an easy solution nationwide uh for that. All right, welcome it, everybody. Off and running on a uh, Tuesday. Uh, fat Tuesday, everybody. Happy yes. Mardi Gras. Oh
1: yeah. So for the and next four beats. hours, we're well, well, there's not a party at work. What
2: I mean, would, uh, who who are you giving the beads to? Yeah, who to? in the studio would you be <laughs> throwing the beads yeah. at? It is kind of warm. You guys could duke it hey, out over that. Because I'm not uh, pulling an usher. Trust me. Yeah, that, that's I true. don't. That would have been
0: Sunday. I'm I'm okay with not having beads, so I don't need to show you any skin
2: at all. And I've never really about pursued that. the beads.
1: You have? Oh, okay.
2: No, there's there there's, there there is the. You'll be a bead tosser. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think okay. I'm better. I'm think I'm, i think yeah. I'm better at the flick of the wrist. Yeah. Yes. Underhander. And also, uh, you know, like, like a uh, disc. You know, I, I did Mardi Gras once. It was a. Oh, it, that's right. I did it when I I I was in college. Story. It was debauchery.
1: It should I, be. That's what. I don't listening. remember
2: much about it. Uh, that it was on the spur of the moment. It was like a Sunday night, and one <laughs> of my roommates said, and it, it was on the television. They're like, when I think it was actually on MTV, and they're like, hey, you think we should? Hell yeah! <laughs> so we got in because he had the Love nicer it. car. We drove, there were like three of us drove to New Orleans. We had no room. We had no idea what we were doing. We just went just to New there. Orleans. No place to stay. Yeah, we paid a guy like 25 bucks for our car, and he <laughs> told us where to walk to. And, <laughs> and then there you were. <laughs> and uh, I remember we came back on Wednesday, got back on Friday, uh, stayed in a rest stop. It gets even better. Those things that you do. Um, So let the good times roll. It's funny because it's true. So uh, Happy Fat Tuesday, everybody. Uh, Coming up uh, in about an hour, Sam McEwen will uh, stop by from the uh, World Herald. It is also the uh, college baseball kicks off this week. Evan Porter, head baseball coach at uh, Omaha, will uh, join us. I was on my walk yesterday. And I so I, I, I walk by Maverick Park, mm-hmm. uh, and they had the music on, so I think they were taking batting practice. They're doing open practices today for softball and uh, baseball, I, I saw too. that, what, 1 o'clock? Yep. Um, uh, BC will join us at 9, and then Ed Service, the head coach of Creighton. There's a lot of – so Tim Kruger was in here yesterday, and I was giving him a hard time. He's he's very involved in uh, Creighton baseball. Mm-hmm. And so he, he was telling me he's going to the Hilltopper meeting, and Ed was going to be there. And he said Ed, was, Ed is super excited about this team. There are a lot of people that are, so we're going to find out yeah. why uh, Ed is so enthused about the 2024 uh, Creighton baseball team. That's the lineup brought to you by the rooferees of John Higgins' uh, weather guard. Uh, so yesterday, Glenn Thomas uh, met the media. I could listen to Glenn Thomas talk for a while. I could, too. I and could, I think too. Our, I think our reasons are different, though. Um.
0: Well, okay, there was the the fact that he just sounds like a head coach
2: okay. when he talks, but Yeah. I mine is more technical. I li- no, 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 no. It, it it is nice to have pros that yeah. like to talk ball. Uh the Texas accent. Yes. It it
0: actually I thought it was even more
2: of a I know it's Throw a fixing
1: in there. It, it's hardcore when you throw a fixing. It almost fixin it, in it there.
0: almost sound like we're getting close to like the Southern the or the South Carolina draw there too. I mean, because I know, obviously, um, y'all
1: fixing to ask me some
2: questions.
0: Sad as a a South Carolina guy, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's more of a. I feel
2: like we're getting close to South Carolina, Georgia on that accent, like Bud Kilmer. Listen to the Glenn Thomas talk yesterday. Uh, The Texas accent might start moving up my power ratings of accents. (laughs) Well, okay,
0: if you were to just listen to the audio and not look at him, you would think that that was like a sixty-five-year-old Texas guy uh, talking. Doing a Dave Campbell, and then you look and you're like, wait a minute, he's he's young looking. But it, the the voice and the in the face like did not match because yeah because he's it's a very it's a very good old southern draw.
2: Uh, by the way, the North Dakota Minnesota accent is at the top of my list. Oh, I love it! Isn't and it's, and it, it's one of those things that if you
0: spend more than I think like a week, either in the Twin Cities or just up north, you accidentally
1: come back with it. I'm surprised if Fleck has never gotten. Yeah, a Minnesota I am too. Accent. I'm too. Just throw you betcha and there's something. Well, yeah. Oh, I,
2: geez. I, oh, you know. geez. Oh geez, I'm not going to UCLA. Have yeah. got to stay here in the Twin Cities. Got to take my kids to Dairy Queen.
0: I co- I coach up here, you know. I mean, that's Twins are gonna be good just, this year. That's what we got to do, you know. Oh hey, coaching. Moscow,
2: we got to move the puck. Okay, <laughs> got a pucks on net.
0: Well, then I can start getting Canadian. Yeah. and Starts talking about the process.
2: Yeah, then you, you like offense, like, like o- offense in the process. Being in uh, Grand Forks, yeah, you spelled defenseman wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there, there would be like the Georgia accent. Yeah. which I, I you know is a little bit different from the the southern accent yes it is then you move over towards Louisiana and you can't understand anybody from Louisiana with their accent that's yes. a great one the creole but the Texas accent was pretty good. I could listen to that for a while it was good
1: yeah <sighs> just bring back childhood memories he also, yeah heard,
2: uh, also so we are we are kind of around here fascinated by money and what people make <laughs> mm-hmm. especially with our coaches um so it Every once the university after Glenn Thomas was done yesterday after the university, after he was done, the university released his contract details and it's two years, 800,000. And that's what like every article that I saw tweeted out started with Mm -hmm. 800,000 to me. That that seems like more than a quarterback coach. Yeah, I know that there is a line between who's doing Saturday and who's doing the week together. 800K seems a little bit more than just a quarterback. Yes. Just my opinion.
0: I would agree. I think there's usually, you're probably seeing the going rate average salary for a quarterback coach. Um, five is probably a little bit considered to be on the higher end. You're probably looking at anywhere between three and five. Um, this is where I think you put the, the co OC title, or as Matt Rule said, maybe collaborator is the better way to put it. Um, that bumps you up maybe a notch or two when it comes to your annual salary. But it does also, I think, indicate the heavy... I mean, it, it was already pretty much said by Matt Rule about his involvement and what that would look like. But it does indicate that there's very heavy involvement in the game plan leading up to those Saturdays. So, hey, it, if, if it's going to lead to results, if that's going to be the best combination that you can have,
2: pay the keys money. Do you think he knew when he took the job one of the craziest stats about quarterbacks at Nebraska? Right. You have to go back to 2017 and find the last time oh, that the starting quarterback yeah. started opening day and made it through the entire year. And it, and of all people, it was Tanner Lee. Yeah. Which I, is I, still I, so wild. Now, I guess if you stop and you go, well, look at how uh, the quarterbacks ran the football. Yeah. But just the fact that it's now coming up on seven years that Nebraska has not had the opening day starter be able to finish the year and start every game. Mm-hmm. I mean... It, it it happens a lot more places than you think, but we're talking seven years. Yeah, that is a crazy stat. So uh, maybe protect the guy yeah. that is coming from Georgia. Well, that would put be him good. in a bubble. And also, I know that they are not going to run the option. There no. will not be a lot of sprint option with no. Dylan Raiola. No, I. I but I wonder if he knew it. that stat, like when they're sitting down to discuss. You know, back in the late fall of, hey, when the Steelers season is over, uh, you're going to be moving to Omaha. And oh, by the way, we have not had a quarterback start day one and start day 12 and everything in between since 2017. So if you could find a way to do that, that'd be great. Thanks. Uh, uh, Call me back, uh, 402-540. I don't know if he knew it, but
0: I think that's what makes him intriguing because and he brought it up yesterday about the previous stops and the multiple quarterbacks that they had to use during his time. and. He made sure that he mentioned at UNLV and at at Baylor that those freshman quarterbacks end up being freshman of the year. So I don't want to say that that was a flex, but I think he sort of anticipated that uh, coming because if – well, I guess better way to answer that, if he didn't know in the preliminary conversations he had with Matt Rule, he found out pretty fast because I thought he was quick to point that out, which was a good thing to point out as far as his resume goes. I don't think it's a bad – I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, a bad thing for him to be able to embrace that because you have to. I mean, you're right though. I mean, that's this day and age of college football. It's it's. Yeah, a, I would
2: have liked a, a little bit more of a, a discussion about how many in this day and age of college football, how many quarterbacks on scholarship in your room are ideal. Yeah, that's a good question. Because right now they have uh, three and the walk-ons. All right, uh, Sam McEwen coming up at uh, seven thirty. Uh, more on a couple of things that. Uh, Glenn Thomas said yesterday Tony White is staying uh, a night of ball last night nobody can win on the road <laughs> Forrest and uh, KU uh, And we have ball tonight Georgetown and Creighton play downtown that is that ideal 7:30 tip off for everybody so you can hustle home and you know get home maybe have a little dinner and then get back downtown that 7:30 start mm-hmm. which is very much a pro start wait
0: let's ask Jimmy, are you cool with this one
1: I grew up going to 7.30 games, usually prefaced by, you better do your damn homework before we go, Uh, (laughs) which I did.
2: 18.5-point favorite tonight, Creighton against Georgetown, as Ed Cooley comes back on dollar beer night.
1: (laughs) Yes. I'm not going, (laughs) but I wish Um, everybody a good night and have a good time.
0: I know Georgetown's been on the struggle bus, but just rest assured, this this is an FS1
2: game. Struggle bus? The the tires aren't even on the bus anymore. (laughs) The bus ain't moving. They're 1-11 in the league. Yes, yes.
0: But you would think that this and DePaul could typically warrant a CBS sports game. This is an FS1 game.
2: Uh, there's uh, there's a uh, stat out there about if you remove Georgetown and DePaul from the Big East net ranking as it a whole. It goes hole, up. Well, it goes from like 301 to 178 or something <laughs> like that. Kick
1: them out. Yes, we know it's got to be done. Kick them out.
2: All right. Uh, all of that to come is on uh, Fat Tuesday. We uh, roll till uh, 10. The whole gang is here on 1620 The Zone.